everybody. Welcome to Chinchilla Picking, where we hope to be entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. It is May the 27th, Thursday night, Thursday evening, depending on your time zone. We're here to talk stocks. Brandon, how you doing tonight, man? I'm good. How about you? It's I'm good doing to be in person. Well. I'm doing well because we're at my house and there's AC. <laughs> and we're on the same audio, I so know, this podcast right? can be great. So we can talk over each other now, and it doesn't sound weird. And no squeaky chair either. No, we are here live together, guys. Uh, we posted a couple pictures on our Instagram. We are here live. We're enjoying this time. Uh, we're going to probably uh, record a few things back and forth that you'll see on social media going forward. And uh, an advertisement or two. Who knows? Who knows what we might do when we get together? Yeah. So. Do us a favor. If you if you like this podcast, hit the subscribe button. Automatically download it every time a new episode is available. And yes, and we want to thank everybody who has hit the subscribe button because we appreciate the support. Our, our base is growing every single week, week in, week out, and we love to hear it. I think we've been global every past couple weeks lately. Yeah, we had somebody in Switzerland. There was Australia. There's been a few different countries and that's really cool Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> oi, oi, oi. <laughs> all right so anywho here's the rules 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 go over them every single week brandon and i talk we present what we're going to talk about to the other person about five to ten minutes before the show that way you get the live interaction and reaction if you will directly from the other person in fact this week i don't think i even covered what i was going to talk about so it's going to be a live reaction to it i think i mentioned one of the companies but uh that that's that's going to be an interesting reaction from brandon there on that but this week brandon is going to go first so i'm going to leave it up to him brandon go ahead take it away hey first we had i think it was over a 30 percent gain on spce since dave called it a buy last week so awesome job on that um, Wednesday morning, I noticed something. It was a really weird thing. The price on Nuance was showing up as $51.70 a share. That was the mark price. But the bid, the, the bid ask spread was $52.80 slash $52.90. So something really weird was going on there. And I just, I want to remind people, don't overreact to things. Because if you saw that mark and you panicked and you sold, then, then you, you lost a little bit on that. It wasn't. Wouldn't have been a good thing to do. Similarly, I don't think that you should ever <clears throat> overreact on news. You need to calm down. If, if there's bad news in your company, you have to ask yourself the question, does this news negatively affect the operations of the company? If you don't have that information available, you need to wait until you're able to research it. And then make your decision whether you want to sell or not, because even these, you know, if you get a 10% decline on news, then oftentimes the next day or the next week, you get that money right back anyways. So you get negative news, don't overreact to it, do your research and see if it actually affects your particular company or not, and then make your decision. Well, and always make sure that that news, Brandon, uh, it's not affecting the reason why you bought it. Right. You know, so, I mean, if, if, if they're looking to make a deal with another company and that company, the news is that company's going under, well, then, yeah, that's going to affect the reason you bought it. You might have to take that 10% loss. Right. 
but you know if the has no bearing on the reason why you bought into the reason why you got into it then like brandon said right right the wave. and right some the wave. sometimes you can have a situation where there's an industry problem you know like there's bad news for the industry but it doesn't necessarily affect your company, then that could actually be a buying opportunity. You might actually want to buy more at that point. Yeah, those are great buying opportunities. There was a, a number of years ago when I was following just strictly the financial sector and all the banks, I had them all on this big, long watch list. And every time they would all drop, and I would try to find the one bank that didn't deserve to drop that time, and I would just buy in. And it, made, it was consistently making me money during that time. It was. It's a great way to trade stocks. It yes. really is. Profit often comes from other people's mistakes. And I want to say that because the Archegeo situation that happened a couple months ago, Chinese stocks got dumped really, really hard. I mean, they've had other things like Chinese regulatory pressure, stuff like that hit them, but they got really, really hit hard on that Archegeo situation because of the margin calls. And there's no better time to buy something than when somebody else is forced to sell it and they didn't really want to do it in the first place. So, just keep your head clear. Try to figure out why your stock's going down, if it is going down, because sometimes it could be actually a buying situation and you don't want to sell at that point because you're making a huge mistake if you do that. Right. A time to lower that cost basis, which is something I've mentioned past few weeks. I love opportunities like that. Now, there are some mistakes that you shouldn't try to capitalize, in my opinion, on. Uh, the market, we've, we've said this before. Um, I don't. I've heard that this was attributed to John Maynard Keynes, this quote, and then I've heard that it, it really wasn't him that said it. I don't know who said it, but it's true. The market can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent. I don't want you shorting GameStop. I don't want you shorting AMC because these, it's just too crazy of, of a, a situation here. And usually if you're shorting something, if you're on this podcast, if you're a retail investor, you're, you're probably not actually really selling the stock short. You're probably buying puts. Those puts have expiration dates, and that can really work against you. 100% agree. The market can go longer than you can withstand it financially. And all right, so I'm trying to make this relatable to what a, a lot of listeners would understand. I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, have seen the movie The Big Short. And when those guys bought those credit default swaps on the housing market and the bonds, in there, they had to continue to pay a monthly premium on their default swaps. So the market can stay irrational longer than you can solve it. That's a great opportunity there where they, they could only afford to keep paying those monthly premiums for so long mm -hmm. before it finally had to pay off for them. Now, it worked in their favor in, in, in that in that movie and in real life, but it's, it's an exactly great example of what Brandon is talking about. You do options. Yeah, if you're doing options, you're limited. Yeah. You have an end date. You have a strike date on that. Now, if you're doing stocks, you have a little bit more flexibility. And hopefully you're not you're not investing with money that you need to pay your bills so that you should be able to let it ride a little bit longer. You need time on your side. And when you buy stocks, you have that. You have time on your side. Um, now, of course, you could sell options, um, and in that situation, if you're selling credit spreads, for example, then time can work for you, but that's a whole other situation. Uh, conversely, I don't want anybody buying these stocks either. Uh, in particular, AMC, there's a lot of investors that have bought AMC hoping for a buyout. Ironically, they've pushed the market cap on this 
now over $12 billion. I don't think they're going to get a buyout. There's not going to be any goodwill on that. What goodwill is, is when a company comes in and they pay more than what the market is already offering for the stock. So they're not going to get a buyout for more than $12 billion. It's not going to happen, I don't think. I mean, Amazon just purchased MGM Studios for a bit more than $9 billion, and MGM has 90 years of content. AMC has nowhere near that. That All right, so you have that, and how much longer are the big chains like AMC going to last right now in the streaming services and movies going straight to streaming day and age when you see disney offering its new releases raya the dragon right away on disney plus right for 20 bucks or hbo max having movies going straight to you're able to stream for 20 bucks at home on hbo max instead of having to go to a theater it makes me wonder it are is amc blockbuster and the streaming services netflix it could be it could be i think their best hope was for amazon to buy them out but I don't think that Amazon's getting a good price on it. I mean, but, but we could be calling this early. They could still have two, two more years of life. Yeah, I think, it, I think there's still room for movie theaters. I mean, there's still times that I want to go see a movie, but it's not the way that it used to be where people used to go every Friday night or every Saturday yeah. night. It's not, and even when I do want to go see a movie, half the time I'm derailed by something I see on Netflix, and I'd rather just sit at home on my couch <laughs> and watch it. So. Watch it from there. One stat I want to bring up, and we, I mentioned it before the, the, we started tonight, was AMC, 688 million shares was traded today. That is ridiculous for that company. That is more than the total amount of shares available in the marketplace. It just basically turned over today. Yep. More than once. Yep. So, I mean, if you add it up, that's almost every single share. Probably more than that, actually. I mean, because yeah, you probably have shorts on it too. So extreme day trade and at its finest, right there with AMC. Everybody's trying to hurry up and make that quick buck. Yeah, yeah. No, and I think too. I mean, the GameStop Diamond Hands investors—they're likely going to be left with a bag of coal. <laughs> and is there be an empty bag? It's going to be a bag of coal. But GameStop's been going. It's been it's been steady, man. A little over two hundred dollars. Yeah, I don't know why. Do they deserve it? I don't think they deserve it at all. That is the new blockbuster. So, hold on, hold on. Right here, I, we talked about this. We talked about this. Like, when is debt a good thing? The GameStop stock offering. We covered that one week. There's another week, and I'm going, guys. If you guys can't see this at home, but I am going through my my notes right now. Uh, the update on GameStop that I covered by Hesia Capital Partners managing uh, director Kurt Wolf. How he left GameStop because he, he sold all of his shares, took his money, and ran. You know, he was originally invested in the GameStop at five dollars a share. The company was valued at two hundred fifty million at that time. Now it's valued at twelve point five billion. And it was I went into more and more people that were lead planning on leaving the company and selling all their shares. These are insiders. They're selling their shares and leaving the company. Why do we think that this company is going up? So do we? Are we going to need the market to crash to bring these back down to earth? Yes. And, and to show that, yes, there is a power in the mob when it comes to stock investments and investing. I'll give them that, that fact. They've earned that right to say they have a, a powerful mob that is able to move companies now when they all get behind the same stock. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
However, so, that mob wants to make a million dollars in one day. They're not going to stay. They're going to move on to the next thing, then the next thing, then the next thing. They're going to be trading so fast, trying to trying to make so much money so quick that they're never going to stay with one company for too long. Right. Now, some of you that made money on this, some of you might be charting experts and might have some skill, but a lot of you really just got lucky. And I want you to take your gains and I want you to understand the difference between luck and skill. And if you got lucky, you need to understand that you just got lucky on it. I, I have no problems with you going to the casino, but you really shouldn't be playing with a lot of money. And GameStop or AMC, I, I think you're gambling, but you need to understand you likely got lucky. And there's an old saying, after pride comes the fall. So if you're jumping on stock twits and, and you're bragging about your 50% or 60% gain in AMC or GameStop, you need to calm down a little bit because, like it says, after pride cometh the fall. Or John Kenneth Galbraith actually once said, after financial genius comes the fall. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I'm going to I'm gonna pounce on this, but this is just a little bit softer tone because I've been lucky too in the past. The difference is that like when I got lucky, it's like, man, I got really lucky, dude. I'm going to get out of this. I, I just made a lot of money. I'm happy. You know, I don't sit around and act like I'm, I'm the best professional stock investor the world has ever seen. Right. I admit, you know, I got lucky. I made a lot more money than I ever thought I would on this investment here. You know, I'm getting out. And, and that's the difference, guys. Um, we're not trying to say we're not trying to bring people down or, or dog anybody. You know, we've been doing this a while. Somebody asked me about, I think it was Allegiant Airlines uh, a couple days ago, and I told them that I prefer Delta or United if you're going to buy an airlines. I think that, and, and the reason being is that if you look at business travel, the ratings for Delta and United Airlines, they're consistently trading places for number one and number two in regards to being rated the top business airlines. And I think that the death of business travel is overplayed. I told Dave the other day that the company that I work for, we had a corporate visit a couple weeks ago and it happened to be a, uh, we did it virtually. And previously, if we had a corporate visit in person, there would be a panic, a freak out. We'd spend two weeks making the store look brand new and, and making everything look perfectly fine. But this time there was no panic. There was no freak out. We just, rolled an iPad around the floor and showed them what we wanted to show them. And that was it. That's how it went. So I think business travel is going to return because I think it's better that these corporate executives actually do in-person visits. And I think they believe that as well. And I've heard a lot of CEOs say they can't wait to get on the road again. I don't think that business travel is going to go back to where it was, but I don't think it's dead. So I want Delta or United, if you're going to go into airlines, I've been looking at the charts and I think that there could be a little bit of a pullback in the next week or so. You might be able to get a better deal on it. But I think those are the two companies that you should be looking at. And I also think if you're buying an airline, you need to watch the price of oil if it climbs. And you need to ask yourself the question, is it because of the demand from increased travel that pushes the price of oil up? That's a good thing, right? Or is it because of inflation? That's a bad thing, but it could also be both. You just need to analyze it, take your own time, take your time, do your due diligence, and know what's happening in the market. And next time you're at O'Hare, I think this is the black hole of flying. 
Uh, I think anybody that's taken like a, a few trips, you've likely wound up at O'Hare and you've likely wound up hating your life for a couple hours. And most likely your flight got delayed. But anyways, so if you wind up at O'Hare and I think they also have a lounge at Atlanta, take take a look at United's Polaris Lounge. It's, it's, it's awesome. Lots of amenities. I love it. Uh, I do not, e- I, like I said, I don't own either of these stocks. Um, and there's lots of competition in this sector. Okay, can I jump in? Yeah, go ahead. Before you keep yeah. going here. So first thing I want to say is, how do you get those long layovers out there? Because I get 20 minutes and I'm running to the next game. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know how you're getting So that. I got both. And I'll tell you the story when you're done talking here. All right. That's my first thing. Second thing is, I like Delta, United. All right, yeah, I like them as well, but I, I like them for different reasons, which you're mentioning here. I like the fundamentals of them. First of all, number one, Delta was profitable and doing well pre-pandemic. They didn't need the bailouts. They said they didn't need the bailouts. They were doing fine. They could have withstood it on their own. Companies like such as American Airlines probably wouldn't have made it if they didn't get a bailout. They wouldn't right. have American Airlines today. You have other companies that were position to do well because of their financial balance sheet and that's what it should be like southwest southwest is actually saying hey man we're actually not doing too bad and that's because they priced their product correctly pre-pandemic pre-pandemic they priced it correctly they ran a good business and thus they came out of it looking even better i don't like the fact I, now, I'm going to go in here and something and use a term that maybe not a lot of people know, but I know Brandon knows. And I'm going to say, I think we had a little bit of moral hazard with the airlines due to COVID. And I don't like the way our money, our taxpayer money is being spent. I think we should have let a couple of these airlines fail and disappear. Yes, absolutely. It would have been great. And it would have been great business for the airlines that actually did, that that did survive that, like Delta and, and United would have. Because you're rewarding them for yeah, running a good, a good business. business and exactly. doing it the right way. Exactly. I love Southwest, ticker symbol, love so UV. Is that a buy? I think it would be, uh, you put you could put that right there with United and, and Delta. Now, the question though, the question from the person was Allegiant. The volume is low on Allegiant. There's not a lot of volume here. The stock price, the 52-week high was just recently, it, it was a 281 is what I'm showing here, or 271. You know, right now it's trading at 220, 227. I don't know, man. I don't There's care. There's just not a lot of volume. I wouldn't trade it personally just because of that fact. I would stick with the winners. Yeah, the you want to go for the diamonds yeah, in the rough. I want exactly. to go with the ones that are actually producing. They're, when I look at their earnings over the past few years, I mean, their earnings were not that great, man. Allegiant in quarter – oh, man, they, they've had some rough earnings here. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I just – I don't know, so I'm not going to say buy or call. I'm neutral. Yeah, I I'm still, I, you know what? I still think you have some very good companies here that are that are at a discount once travel actually does return to normal, and I think you want to go for the best ones, and you don't want to reach and try to dig out the worst ones. That doesn't make any sense to me. So United, Delta, Love, Southwest Airlines. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about: the Fed's balance sheet is now forty percent of our GDP, which is just mind blowing to me. 
It's absolutely insane. We've accumulated so much debt. I, I just don't even know where to begin, Brandon. I And the fact that the everyday people are not concerned that the Fed is 40%. I mean, come on, guys. You've got to be worried. This is this is this is, is fluffed up from the government. That's what this is. It's not it's not real. It, we have to unwind the QE. We have to unwind it and let the markets take control again. Yes, is there going to be pain at first? Probably a little bit. But you know what? We got to get through that pain and we got to mm-hmm. unwind the QE. I have a solution that if we all banded together might actually work. And we can start a, a movement here. Hashtag hoard your money. Save as much as you can. Eliminate almost all of your discretionary spending. And we can keep some modicum of value in the U.S. dollar. And work totally against the Fed. Hashtag hoard your money. <laughs> Hashtag hoard your money. There you go. I, I just think, man, the, the Fed's got to get a better monetary policy than what they have going on right now it's, it's just it's awful it, it's it i don't see why they think it's necessary to continue with qe the stock market is, is doing fine stop buying bonds yeah. pull out of bonds let, you know let's let's get out of these sell them sell them to anybody else and just They discourage savings. They encourage consumerism. They encourage people to buy things that they don't really need. And everything's about making us feel good now. And you know what? We will pay for it later. That Joe Lavornia, chief economist of America's at Nat Taxis, I think that's how you pronounce it, says any correction and stock prices could negatively affect economic growth in a way that would actually stop the Fed from tightening rates. So he's saying the Fed may not actually be able to raise rates. We'll see. But he says the next step for the Fed is to start buying equities. Can we make a profit off this? I don't know. Did, did we know what corporate bonds they were buying when they were buying corporate bonds? Did they publish no, that data? They did, uh, not that I'm I, don't, I didn't see it either. So I don't know. I have no clue. I mean, this is all speculation. This, this guy did used to work at the Fed, though. So he knows he's got some insider knowledge. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that's good to know. Here, here's a question, though. If we sell those bonds that the U.S. government is currently holding, would it be enough to make to take that money and put it into the treasury and actually have a positive balance sheet. I don't know. Are we holding that That's a lot. Bonds? That's a lot of money. I know. But, but then what happens if they sell that money? Like, is there another place that's able to buy that much bonds? China's already got a lot of it. I don't think anybody would. Who would? I mean, really, in their right minds, if you're another country. The interest rate's not that great. No. No. I, I don't think so. I wouldn't. I mean, unless you're incentivized so you should, by so you like, basically just have to quit buying more with QE and just let those all time out. That's the only option. Yep. That's the only safe option for the economy. Hey, speaking of bonds, oh, you know, we've been talking about bonds are dead. Bonds are dead. Here, okay, this something interesting happened the other day that you know I've been talking about nuances being buy, bought out by Microsoft. Yeah, they've already it, yeah. they've already named. The price is $56 a share. Nuance went a couple days ago and issued 
like market. I forget the number, so don't quote me on that. But they issued a bunch of shares into the market in exchange for bonds that were 30 years and 1%. 1% interest, like 1% interest rate. And then there was another class of bonds that they issued that was like 1.5% interest. And I Are don't- they laundering money? Because that's what it sounds like. It does, doesn't it? it? Well, they said they did it to cover their debt. But why would a company that's already being bought out, including their debt, do that? I thought that was really weird. Yeah, and I have no answers more going about on it. There because if they're already being bought out, Microsoft has already said that they're going to pay off their debt with cash. Yeah. Then, then what's the point of trying to cover their debt? Yeah. Does that mean the deal is not going to go through? I, uh, I don't think so. I mean, they they didn't even have an investor conference call for their earnings um, because they basically said that this is a done deal. Microsoft on their... Well, if it's a done deal, why are you raising money? It's someone's... It's uh, weird. It's, it's crooked. It is it's bizarre. My, Microsoft Someone should end up in jail. Yeah, but they won't. Microsoft said on their conference call that it's virtually a done deal. Um, now you just have to wait for nuanced shareholders to vote on it. There's been some attorneys that have like came into the mix and there's they're investigating the deal, making sure that nuanced shareholders got the best deal and all that. But that's kind of like that kind of goes with the road of mergers and acquisitions. It happens all the time. So I don't see anything that's weird with that. That's just the process that you have to do. Right. But that, that like I saw that SEC filing and it re, it kind of, it struck me as very weird. All right, moving on. The craziest things I read on Stock Twits this week. The segment is back. <laughs> segment, 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 segment. The segment is back. All right. So number one, the number one craziest thing I read on StockTwits this week. I'm finally level 20 in World of Worldcraft. <laughs> nice. Nice. I'm the best trader in the world, period. I win like 99% of the time, while 99.9% .9 of you bunk tards lose consistently. Ha <laughs> ha, enjoy. <laughs> now, I think that some people, oh, like, They're some of you. trying to get a rise out of people, it's funny. But then there's also people that I think that, like, sit in their parents' basement and just smoke weed before they post. And I think that's this guy because he says, I met Sonic. He was worse than I imagined. <laughs> What's inflation? Did FUD FUD no correction or crash? What does that even mean? I don't even think he knows what it meant. And those are the craziest things I read on Stock Twits this week. Oh, man. All right. I got to compose myself after that. That was good. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I'm, I'm going to have to come up with a new segment. Segment. <laughs> segment. Segment. I know. I'm making fun of you because you can't say the word. Ubisoft. Ubisoft. All right, guys. Uh, mine's not going to last. Too much longer, I don't think. I don't know where we're at on time. Who knows? Ah, uh, we're Our good. Stop. So, Did it stop? All right, so now it's my turn to now talk, Brandon. Turn. Now it's my turn. <laughs> Our recording just stopped on us right in the middle of this, so we're just kind of picking up where we left off. Right? Exactly. I, I have – but mine's quick, so that's why we let Brandon go first. I don't have much to cover. I have a couple of things I want to talk about. I did want to pounce on our record from last week. 
and minus my one riot call, <laughs> I have actually had a great record the past few weeks, and I want to highlight a few of them, guys. Yes, Virgin Galactic SBCE has jumped up. I, I see that maybe continuing a little bit more, but that's more of a longer-term hold from here on out. NVIDIA, it went up. After I announced it, saying it's a good 5 to 10% gain off the stock split. We saw the 5% jump from this time last week. We saw the 5% mm -hmm. jump. So if you made your 5%, that's your 5% for the week. Had a good week. Sell it. Get out. Move on. If you want to hold it through the stock split, not a bad idea. Probably going to make money as long as the overall market doesn't drop. BHP, doing all right. Tencent, this was one that Brandon brought up. Brandon, you want to give us an update? Well, okay, so it went up. I think we were about, about 6 or 7%. Uh, and then now, I, I don't really know the calculations. I think we're still up on this right now. But then China came out and said that Tencent has to spin off its financials into one single company. I, I brought this up. <laughs> I did. I brought this up last year. I'm throwing, guys, you have no idea. I'm throwing my hands in the air right now. <laughs> Because this was my concern. I brought up China and its overregulation of the financial markets. Brandon and I privately off the air have been talking about Alibaba, its financials, and I said, I'm concerned about China and its regulation. This is what I'm concerned about. Yeah, but that's what we actually like. We, we thought that that was going to happen to Alibaba yeah. and that they were going to have to divest, and then they didn't have to divest. But now Tencent looks like they may not have to divest because they are a holding company. Alibaba is too, but this is sort of more like a – like a conglomerate, conglomerate. Um, <laughs> so they already own portions of these companies. They don't usually own them outright. There's some that they do own outright. but So they could really just spin these off. They could make another entire public company. If they're able to do that and then have that IPO, it could be a huge like generation of wealth. That yeah, could be like... At, in the short term, though, Tencent dropping down because they have to pull, yeah, divest... It, Pull that funds and create a company. Now, this was actually like that. This is something that we've known might happen. We talked about this too. There's been articles published about it uh, for months now. Tencent has actually said uh, that this is not actually going to affect them all that much. I don't know if I would put so much faith into what a company's saying when it comes to those things. I think that they're going to try to calm investors' fears, but I do agree with them actually. Uh, I don't think it's actually going to hurt them all that much. They're a huge company already. I think that they could actually do this right and make some money off of it. But we'll see if China allows that to happen. So. Who knows? Who knows? Anyways, you're up your 5% for the week. My recommendation, sell, take 5%, move into something else for this week, guys. I want to give you guys two things to think about for this week. I, I want to look at Aramark. Everybody has seen the Aramark bands around town, uh, feed in different places. Aramark supplies food supplies and other supplies to places like ballparks, places like football stadiums, places like event centers. This is a company that might get a nice little jump up, but they're not going to report a good quarter on the very next earnings, but it's the one after that. So this is one to think about and keep an eye on going forward. They have a 90% institutional ownership, which, you know, that means that this company is really pretty solid. They're not really going to, you know, bounce around a lot because the, you know, Wall Street bet guys can't make this move. Yeah, there's going to be support. So I, I definitely like that's a good thing if you're buying stocks. 
it's not so good sometimes if you're buying options because they can really screw with you. If it's 90% institutionally owned and they see you buying options, they, they will make more money off the options by driving down a price of a stock and then buying it back after they've like took taken you completely out. They make more money by doing that than just by, you know, buying and holding. So I probably wouldn't play options on it, but I would definitely, you know, like look into buying it. And you're looking at a closing price today of $37.38 on this one. Um, it went negative uh, last year. Look, looking for good numbers going forward. I, you know, of course, every, of course it went negative last year. It's COVID-related. <laughs> this service is ballparks and event centers. Come on now. I, I think it's going to have good futures going forward because people are tired and cramped up. And as more and more stadiums across country announce, hey, we're going to go to full capacity, we're going to go to full capacity. We, we're out here in Cincinnati, Ohio. We have a, a tennis tournament called the Western Southern Open. They just announced they're going to go to full capacity. They're going to release more tickets to be sold. I know I'm looking to buy, but I'm I, by the way, I'm vaccinated, fully vaccinated. I know I'm looking to buy some tickets and show up to those events. So I, I think this is one to watch. I'm not necessarily calling a buy at this moment. I think it's one to watch to see what the earnings they post on this next earnings. I'm not looking for spectacular numbers on this one, but on the very following one after that, I'm looking for good numbers back to where it was before. So you might see a good 10%, 10% jump maybe is what I'm looking at here. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look into it. And also, you forgot to mention BHP because I, I, BHP I, I, had a I, nice like, jump this morning. Uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a one line on BHP. I said – BHP's movement is looking is looking solid. They did have a nice jump, and if the inflationary concerns keep going up, that's in play. The make because it's heavy commodities. That's all mm -hmm. it is. It's just a mining company, so it's definitely one one to keep an eye on, guys. I, I I do my research. I look into these companies. These are ones I want to talk about. But when I when I give you guys the final numbers, they're from today. So when I write these things down, yes, I've already looked into them but I'm giving you the numbers that I found today. So I give you the most up-to-date information as of this broadcast. The The last one I want to talk about here is Gap. And this this one surprised me. This surprised me. Gap, I'm, I'm going to read some lines here, guys. So you're going to hear me reading right now. Gap topped pre-pandemic levels with its first quarter sales uh, this last first quarter. Pre, They beat their pre-pandemic levels. So they're doing better than what they were before COVID. Much better. They're in rubber band mode. That's, you know, the yeah. demand is was there and well, now it's springing back. Well, what the, what analysts are, the analysts on, on TV, the talking heads are sitting there saying, well, people want to update the wardrobe because they're going back outside again and they want to go spend some money and they want to be ready and do some working out and get that athlete brand and do these type of things. I want to give you some other stats, though, before we, we really dive in and, and we give our analytic opinions, our talking heads, Dave and Brandon. 80% of its sales are coming from outside traditional shopping malls. That doesn't just mean online. So that is online, strip centers, and street-level locations as well. So that's where 80% of its sales are coming from. So if you see a strip mall in your suburban area and you see a, you know, a Gap brand there, that's where all the sales is mainly coming from. Give you the quick numbers. Top line number was 3.99 versus estimated 3.4 billion. Bottom line numbers were 166 million profit versus one year ago it was negative 932 million. 
But again, that was during the COVID times, and we can see why it was negative. It is positive though now, so they do have positive, you know, bottom line number. We like to see that. It's only 166 million, but that's still that's good, guys. That's a that's a good bottom line number for for Gap. They really blew it out of the water here. Brandon, do you believe this is just people buying that fleet and wanting to work out to look good again as they go out in public? Uh, you know what? What it, do you think? It could be, like I said, the rubber band situation where demand was there. They just couldn't do anything about it. So now that, like, Gap is back and we're reopening and all of that, shooting right back up and, and demand is just, like, catching back up with the fact that they couldn't buy anything for the past year. So now we're reopening and you could just be say, seeing – all of the sales that they didn't make last year being pulled into this year. Um, but I will say this, the concern that I had when you mentioned Gap was malls, right? Yeah. So malls were uh, the problem for me in regards to Gap. But you're saying 80% of the sales are coming from outside of that. Yep. So not, that's not good news. From malls. Yeah. So here's my question too. As we, we've been – People have been talking about malls going away in time past since what 2000. They've been they've been yeah. saying this, and as people move to more of these outside combined areas, such as I'll give an example to where you have a row of stores outside of kind of a street walk setting, and you have condos above them or townhomes above them, and then you have like a centralized park area, and these 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 they call them centers now. The outdoor center, and that's that's where people, a lot of cities have moved to over the past five to six years, is these outdoor centers. It's more of a mix of living uh, activities, events, and shopping. And there's all these stores that moved into this, and this is where people have really enjoyed, and this that's been the movement away from the standard shopping mall, right? Or even and the outlet, outlet malls. Centers. The outlet yeah. malls, yeah, the outlet malls. That that would not be. Is that considered a shop mall? Is that considered a was what, what was the word in it used there? Use strip center. Is that considered a strip center or a shopping mall? I wonder if the popularity of outlet malls went down because we don't have that many around here. We've got one like close to Dayton, and I went to that like a couple years ago in the summer, and it was pretty busy. It was pretty packed. I actually got my glasses from the lens crafters at that outlet mall, and it was like a little town. And lots of people were there, so. I don't know that they've actually yeah, been but how do you classify that? Because it's saying 80% of the sales are coming from outside, and it puts strip centers as outside shopping malls. So is that a strip center or is that a shopping mall? I would. Exactly. I don't know. And this is yeah. the gray area, and they're not being specific, but they don't have to be. They blew it out of the water. Right, yeah, they, they, they did good. They did awesome. So, yeah. so, hey, good for them. Good for them, guys. All right. Brandon, that's all I have tonight. Um, that's that's my final words. Actually, even is that hey, we're we're knocking out of the park on what we're talking about. We'll we'll talk about inflation and what we believe are the causes of inflation, and then later on in the week, all the news media outlets I think are copying us on this podcast. You're they gonna, they have to be listening. I, I'm us, telling right? you, it, it, you're gonna, you're going to hear what we said here on NBC in three days. So no, I'm I'm joking, guys. <laughs> but. It's been feeling that way. We have been knocking apart. Maybe we've been lucky. Maybe we've been right. Who knows? I'm just saying, do your research. Take what we're saying, you know, and do your own research and think for yourself. Because we want you to make money, but we want you to learn how to make money yep. in the right way. And that's more important. 
Yep. Brandon, and final thought? Keep an ear out this uh, Sunday night on the Money Vikings podcast. I'll be on there guesting. And I think it's next week that Bob is going to be on our show, right? Yep. Bob so. from the Money Vikings will be over here with us. Um, I, I know these guys. They're, they're good guys. I might be related to them. Who knows? Um, but the Money Viking podcast, please give them a shout out. Give them a listen as well. They're good guys. I like him. Bob will be here. To, to I hopefully I'm gonna call Bob out right now. Hopefully he'll be here to discuss MBIS with Brandon because of different views on that. And I would love to hear that discussion. Oh no. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be in the middle of nowhere, guys. I'm going on a hiking vacation trip. And I hope on my ride back into town I get to listen to Bob and Brandon go at it. That's one of my, my dream is. I've also got something in the works with Dylan Israel from the Chewy Piranha podcast, who I may also be related to. <laughs> um, that'll probably be in the next four weeks, I think. You guys don't point. know this, but Brandon's schedule is packed with podcasts, and he is a, a hot topic right now, and we are lucky to have him here as his home podcast as he branches out and does all these other things. Thank you, Brandon. We appreciate your time and effort. And You're welcome. You do a lot. You do a lot. You guys have no idea how much he does, but he does do a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys, we hope you've been entertained and educational and uplifted because we want everyone to make money. Have a good night. Have a good night.